0: Hello and welcome, my name is Leah Barber and you're listening to Next Gen Femme, a podcast dedicated to celebrating women's achievements, be it in business, sports, STEM or the arts. We speak to women that persevere through ups and downs to pursue their passions. This episode of Next Gen Femme is supported by FameLab, FameLab is the world's leading science communication competition designed to inspire, motivate and develop scientists and engineers to actively engage with the public. Created by the Cheltenham Science Festival in the UK, in Ireland the competition is funded by Science Foundation Ireland and managed by the British Council in partnership with universities and science research centres across the country. For more information please visit britishcouncilie forward slash FameLab.
1: I switched on, I think it was like the six o'clock show or something like that on the television randomly when i came home from college and there was this guy that has like a jungle in his house basically with tarantulas frogs he has a pond out his back for loads of Irish species everything i was like i'm following this guy on instagram and twitter and everything because this is just fascinating in episode
0: 14 we are joined by Cora Lambert Cora is a final year zoology student who aspires to be the next David Attenborough after listening to this episode you'll believe she is well on her way to achieving this Cora shares how she found herself on the path of zoology and how it was something she was always destined to do. She explains how she ended up working closely with reptiles and arachnids when she comes from a family of arachnophobes, introducing us to her pet lizard, Nova. Cora also shares her ambition to study venom and its potential uses for medicinal purposes. There was a lot to learn in this episode. All this and more in this next installment of Next Gen Femme. excited for you to hear our 14th episode. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Next Gen Femme or Next Generation Female however you'd like to put it. We are back again. I really need to have a different entry but we're back again with another episode. I think I believe it's episode 14 and I'm back again with my old faithful Dr. Fiona Malone. Hello Dr. Fiona Malone.
2: Hello, I feel like I'm only talking to you during this whole uh, quarantine. (laughs) I know, (laughs) Fee Malone's the
0: only person and our guests are the only people that I've seen in weeks. And we are excited to be joined today by Cora Lambert, who is a zoologist-to-be, the mother of dragons and spider woman. Hello, Cora. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you so much for coming on to our very humble podcast. We're very excited to hear about how it is that you started on this path of getting into zoology and where you want the journey to go with your zoology. So we'll just start off the the podcast with a quick kind of little introduction. So if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners your age, your occupation, or what you're studying in your case, and an interesting or random fact can be about you or it can be about anything.
1: So I am 21 years old, nearly 22. Ah, she's a baby. 22 and 18 days. Oh, happy (laughs) Happy birthday. birthday. Early happy birthday. Thank you. I am a final year zoology student at NUI Galway, also doing microbiology, but don't really like that as much. And my favorite animal is actually a giraffe. Which probably is not surprising to people listening, but as we get in, I'm pretty sure people are gonna think that's a bit odd. Yeah. Considering- Knowing
2: you as I know you, that is yeah. actually quite interesting. Considering her entire- yeah. everything she studies are animals that are very not like giraffes at all Yeah, (laughs) they they have a lot more legs (laughs) before we
0: started recording she showed us her her little uh, lizard Nova and two spiders that she recently got so yeah giraffe (laughs) is definitely (laughs) definitely the surprising (laughs) answer to that to that uh, fun fact so Cora our our podcast um, as I spoke to you about is very kind of free flowing so if you would just kind of take us and our listeners I suppose on your journey of when you believe your kind of zoology journey started um, were you always into animals when you were younger was there a moment when you were younger that kind of pointed you in the direction that you are now and I suppose where do you want your zoology to 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 go from after graduation
1: yeah so my journey to zoology has been um slightly bit of a roller coaster ride. excellent Uh, we love roller coasters (laughs) when I was like a child. My nanny had a farm and there's countless pictures of me just as like a two-year-old baby, just hanging out with some cows that are towering above me. I always loved animals. When I was younger, I was convinced that I was some sort of like Dr. Dolittle because <laughs> at one stage we got a pony because um, one of my aunt's friends was selling it and we got it because my nanny had the fields. And for some reason, she just listened to me, obeyed me, didn't really listen to anybody else. And I was like, wow, I can talk to animals. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Direct link. (laughs) But I actually come from a family of arachnophobes and people that hate beetles, group crawlies, everything like that. So when I was younger, I was terrified of them. They were my worst nightmare. Okay. No way! Yeah, they were the worst things in the world to me. If they were on the ceiling, like I'd leave them there, but if they were on the wall right next to my bed, it was, come get it, Dad, please come get this. And I only actually found out in the past two years that he's also terrified of spiders (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't know this. So here I was making him catch the things that he was equally afraid of than I was. But when I went into secondary school, you know, everybody is like, "Okay, you need to kind of start thinking about what you're doing in the future. And everybody was like to me, oh, you're going to be a vet, aren't you? You're, you're just going to be a vet. You love animals. You, you you can just do it. You're so smart. And I was like, OK, I'll just be a vet. So then I did T.Y. because I was really young. I was only 15. And I was actually not going to turn 16 until I finished the year of T.Y., okay. I think. I'm not very good at math. But so I was really young. So I decided I needed to do it. And luckily enough, in my school, there's only 20. 24 that get in out of hundred and something. So oh, wow. I got it. It's just literally pulling names out of a hat for them. So just literally the look of the draw. What? Whoa. To two work experiences. So one we had to do like an actual job we were interested in. And then one was just a volunteering thing. So for the one I had to do in December, which was the one where you had to do a job, I went to the vets my local vet yeah. yeah my dad knows one of the vets in there so not because we had a farm around thinking literally my dad knows everybody okay. so he got me in and I was in there and a lot of what we just did was watching me and my actual best friend at the time were in there together unbeknownst to each other we didn't know where I was going in she was with the head vet and I was with the other guy but because we weren't actually allowed out on a lot of trips that they were doing we got to stay in the surgery and watched a lot of like operations and how they like you know helped them after the operation recover and things like that and then I got to go out on a few trips wasn't calving season so luckily enough didn't have to do that but there was a lot of injecting so like herding them in and just literally stabbing them and that wasn't really that weird to me because I said my nanny had cows and that's a yearly thing we all helped her with anyway. And then I was kind of like, yeah, this is this is grand, but it's not what I want to do. Like, I didn't really, really enjoy it as much as I thought I would. And I was like, well, that's just because I've been doing kind of the simple things. And then I kind of realized, well, that's what you do when you're a vet. Like, you, you do the simple, simple in quotation marks, things more often than you get to do the cool things and i was quite sad for a while until i decided i'm not gonna be sad because it's something i didn't enjoy and i was going into senior cycle at this stage so i had picked all science subjects without realizing what i was doing i picked biology chemistry and social and scientific which is basically home ec but science version And I was looking at what I could do. And I was like, well, obviously science. And then I was looking at what sciences I like to do. And I decided I'm going to go into research. I am going to do biochemistry. And this is what I'm going to do with my life. Because I um, am...
2: The animal kind of idea or working with animals at that stage, had you?
1: Yeah, no, I'd gone away from it completely. I was like, "That that can be a hobby. Because I didn't know at the time that there was other like I didn't want to be an equine vet or anything like that I didn't realize that there was other opportunities besides like being a vet or anything like that I didn't really look them up because in my head I was just like no there's nothing else but the reason I wanted to go into research and specifically biochemistry is because I am a type 1 diabetic and yeah I've had it since I was nine years old Yeah, I was nine, so it was—it's quite a long time. And when I was like seventeen, it was kind of—we everybody goes through this denial stage. Mm -hmm. So one of my friends is actually diabetic, and she's going through her stage right now, and it's awful for her because she's older. Whereas for me, I was like younger, so I was like, "I'm going to find a cure." How a little seventeen-year-old me (laughs) thought I was going to find a cure for diabetes—I don't know. They've been working on it for, I don't know how many years, but I was like, this is it. I'm going to do this in the future. Well, I like your determination. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So I decided I'm going to go into biochemistry, and I really wanted to go to college in Galway. So I started looking up science courses in Galway, and science to do science is best in Galway, apparently. This is what I read when I was 17. What I really wanted to do was biomedical science, but that was... High up points like 500 and something, so I didn't get it. Funny enough, my best friend is actually doing biomedical science now, and she says she would have much rather done general science. But anyway, I didn't get it. Went into first year, um, really liked physics, but knew I wasn't going to do anything with it. And another reason why I kind of stopped pursuing animal mm-hmm. sciences is because the biology teacher that I had for senior cycle was a zoologist herself so she went to UCC and she studied zoology she's a lovely person like she is but almost every single week she'd come in we'd go into her class and she'd say whatever you do don't do zoology I couldn't get a job look what I had to do it go back to college in order to find a job do a teaching degree you won't get anything and I was like I didn't even think about zoology, but obviously I'm not going to do it now. Like, this is this is the worst thing ever for me, obviously. Because she had to do... It. The one problem with what she's doing, honestly, like, don't tell people not to do it just yeah. because you had a bad experience. But the other thing is she, she loves mammals. At the time, obviously, mammals were my thing as well. Because, you know, snakes and spiders really didn't like them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I can't do it. So I'm going to do the biochemistry thing. But when I went into second year, I still picked zoology because in second year, you're like, your grades don't count. Still, it's only third and fourth year where your grades count. So I was like, I might as well do it while well, I still can. So I did microbiology, zoology and biochemistry with the full intention of doing biochemistry for my full degree. And in walks, Dr. Michelle Degon a few weeks into the course he walked in for his very first lecture in vertebrate zoology and here he had a six foot python wrapped around his neck what and i was like excuse me <laughs> No, i very distinctly remember everybody this was a lecture hall of about 200 300 people Oh. Everybody took their phones out. Every single Snapchat story that day <laughs> <laughs> was Michel Dugan with this snake wrapped around his neck. <laughs> and I remember coming home to my housemates that did arts, like we're doing language art, turn to me and go, Did you hear about the man with the snake? I was like, Yes, that was my lecturer. <laughs> I was showing pictures, everybody was like, whoa, now this happens every single year. Like, I don't know how we hadn't heard of it uh-huh. before, but two weeks later then, we still had, we had him for four weeks. So two weeks later, he rocked in with the tortoise and Aww. passed it around the whole class in a box. And I was like, wow, forget Steve Irwin. Like, look at this guy here <laughs> who's working like, on research and has all these cool animals. Like, wow, he's a snake and a tortoise. Wow. <laughs> I thought that was the epitome of cool <laughs> fast forward to our labs where a lot of our labs are like just dissecting things so like one of them we had to dissect an owl pellet last year for like bones that's what they like cough up This not oh. the other side so like <laughs> right. we find bones to identify what mammals they're eating it was for a specific project Oh, My face like
2: ornament, like a poo pellet, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs>
1: everybody I'm terrifying. <laughs> out of
2: the other orifice." Thank you. know. Um, right.
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> basically, they a version of a furball. Oh. It's just oh, like okay. the things that they can't digest. We always learn something new with Cora. So, owl pellet is an
2: owl fur ball, but it's not furry. There, learn something new. Great. It, it
1: can be furry sometimes. <laughs> it's but it's a tender it's not the same as a cat where it's like they lick themselves clean and that's why it's just what they consume i learned this i was absolutely amazed by this in the lab that was my one of my favorite labs from third year was dissecting this owl pellet like just pulling out the little bones and you had to like (laughs) you had to make this like little animal out of the bones we found so like because they obviously swallow an animal they couldn't they couldn't digest any of the bones so that's what came out Oh my god. You, you had the whole skeleton what? of like a, a mouse. there. Oh, in was a mouse. Oh god. That's like a level
0: expert jigsaw puzzler. <laughs> you
1: see.
2: Core Cor is spending her whole quarantine putting together <laughs> tiny mammals.
1: Just do the jigsaw, <laughs> Mom. <laughs> I wish I could be doing something productive <laughs> like that. I, I am such like a physically yeah. learning person. Like I hate studying. I have to be in the lab, do mm. things, practical like, yeah, stuff. I'd like, be the same. I'm the same. So that's why, like, I love the labs because, like, I didn't. I don't really like mammals. So like, it helped me understand their like the actual. I know you see pictures of like a skeleton and stuff, but it doesn't really make sense mm-hmm. until it's like there in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know that way. Anyway, back to second year labs. (laughs) We had, normally you just do dissection, you know, look at this barnacle, look at this shrimp, like all this stuff, take it apart. But this week we had a live lab. We actually had two different live labs, but for one for vertebrate and one for invertebrate. But it was the day after the arts ball and I had this live lab. So I'd slept for about three hours the night before. (laughs) And I got up and I walked into college. And I had all these snakes and lizards and such cool stuff like laid out in front of us. And there was just these people there that looked like they were PhD students or like lecturers themselves that were showing us these. And I found that they were actually fourth year students at the time. And I actually, I know one of the guys, he had what we call a gecko, And basically what he was doing was attaching it to his hand. show us how sharp his teeth are so like he was getting it to bite his hand and showing us that it wouldn't come off so like (laughs) he was bleeding and we were like what are you doing (laughs) yeah oh my god committed to the cause obviously like there was everything sanitary but it was just to show like because this guy is pastel blue with like bright orange spots in him and these matte green eyes that are just looking at you but then you know here he comes attaching to your hand and what and is he a
0: type of lizard or what what is he?
1: He was a gecko, so oh. Oh, okay. kinda like a lizard. Yeah. Poor poor guy's died since what oh. R.I.P. Yeah, he was he was old. <laughs> R.I.P. He, he lived, his, like, best lived his best life.
0: Eating He lived his
1: best life. And one of the animals that I fell in love with was little Lenny. He is a leopard gecko, so he's bright yellow and yeah he's just got these massive eyes and this really fat tail and all he does is just like stick his tongue out and like licks his nose and oh. if, if you like tap him on the nose you're like a booping he just will lick and it's just very cute i've hoping
2: lenny he's very cute and he's a little pudger like me he's a little bit like he's carrying a little bit of extra weight yeah that's okay lenny he has to be put on
1: a diet and yeah. <laughs> he still hasn't lost any weight. Before, but, he's, like, no. he's self-isolated.
2: He's doing his best. <laughs> and and Cora, were you still afraid of these more exotic style of animals? So we'll say the arachnids and the snakes and the lizards and the geckos, which you said that at the start that you had a, a fear of them as you were younger. Were you still afraid of them then at this stage coming into yeah. these labs?
1: Really? Yeah. So in first year, actually, we had a live lab as well. And my lab partner made me hold a tarantula. She was like, you do it, I do it, and I'm fine. So I did it and everything was fine. Like I literally was shaking so much. It was five seconds on my hand and then she got taken off again. In that second year lab, I was like, someone else was holding Teddy the ball python. And I was like, can I just take a picture? Like, I don't want to hold it. And she was like, yeah, no bother. Like this is another just second year student. And one of the girls was in my group at the start of first year. We like to do a camp tour and she was talking to the guy the gecko Michael about zoo sock and I was like okay this is this is interesting like a group of people. So like a,
2: a college society for zoologists or yeah. animals. Wow. Yeah That's and I good. was like
1: well this is perfect because I can still be involved with in animals even if I can't do them for my degree. And then she mentioned this thing called eco explorers and I was like what's that? And she was like, well, basically, you get trained to hold animals and then you do events with young children where you, like, teach them about them. And I was like, signing up, thank you very much. (laughs) So I went to that. Then it was actually, lab was on Wednesday. And then the training was on the Friday and it was the last training of the semester. So I was like, I've got there just in time. And Michael was there, the guy with the gecko. Mm -hmm. And he was in charge of it at the time. And then in walks... This girl, incredibly petite, in this gigantic like hiking jumper and what are they called? The running shorts, the other ones that like come halfway down your thigh. She carried in this massive white box and just pulled this seven six, seven foot python out of it. Her hair was like in a bun, in a hairband. She was just sitting there with this python around her neck. I was like, this person is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) What? is this and i never actually told her that story but that's actually megan megan griffiths i've met megan yeah. and her
2: giant snake Yeah, <laughs> so that's the
1: same snake wow. yeah and she was like half in charge of it with michael so they were teaching us all how to hold all the different animals and megan had actually just gotten her baby bearded dragon like a month beforehand so he was this size like he fished in the palm of my hand and i got small small hands I was like this is it I'm joining this thing this is so cool but then on my first event for it I was handed a snake and I still didn't like snakes (laughs) I was still afraid of them but it was a corn snake so they're incredibly docile they're like a starter species for people who like want to get into snakes and stuff they can bite but like it's nothing worse than if like Nova bit me actually Nova would probably hurt more like they don't have it's only a nibble. Yeah, it's tiny. It's a tiny. love bite. <laughs> a little love bite. <laughs> <It's> love bite. <laughs> and I didn't know how to hold this guy. Like we hadn't had much training because they they were like obviously older. They didn't have the time to be doing this. And I don't know really how it happened, but there was some problem with the university and insurance. They like changed their insurance policy or something. So students couldn't actually do eco-explorers anymore. So Megan, who was then left in charge because Michael left college, her her friend Ellen and Kelly and Karen, I'm pretty sure, they were all fourth year zoology students last year. They decided to set up Animal Ambassadors, which is kind of an organisation in the college that was basically eco-explorers, but we're going to make it a society. So that would be easier for people to like be able to do it, mm-hmm. and we could still train people and everything. So they set that up, and gradually I just kind of started getting better at. It. So like I would hold the snake, I'd be absolutely fine. I'd hold the like, tarantula. It took me a few times, but I realised like they were fine. They're not going to do anything because I like still struggled to take them out of the box and things like that, and had to learn their reactions to stuff and all that. But it was you know I just slowly kind of got to grips with it mm-hmm. and learned how to deal with things. And I did decide I wasn't going to do biochemistry anymore. because
2: I, got <laughs> I was wondering when that was going yeah. to come up.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was too hard. <laughs> when it came to second year, I didn't, I couldn't get it. So zoology and microbiology, it was simply because of these labs, the lectures and the eco-exploration zoo group, it wasn't, it wasn't like my teacher was saying and that you can't get a job like these people were so encouraging and you could see that it's not just like a zookeeper job it's research it's yes. development like everything so that was really handy and one skin, I have no idea what happened but <laughs> I got elected chairperson then of animal ambassadors for this year so my nice. fourth year. <laughs> amazing a lot of pressure <laughs> because it was we became a society then under zoo Sock, so we were like together but separate at the same time mm-hmm. so i had to like the girls put in so much so much incredible groundwork and i was like okay i have to i have to make this happen and they were so nice they were like you can do this like you, you have no bother with this and it turned out pretty successful this yeah, year good. It, was, good it was hard but the committee that i had was quite quite good Ninety nine percent of the time. <laughs> everybody, everybody, like that, I think like, that's I all mean, you
0: can ask for for when you're a student. Exactly. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, it's
1: so hard when you have like everyone between first and fourth year, and everybody like there was people in it that weren't even doing zoology, like they were doing arts, but they wanted to join because they loved animals the animals well. and like it was trying to get everybody together at the same time it was mm-hmm. just difficult and some people couldn't do their job because they had an assignment and I was like that's no bother like obviously if I had an assignment and I couldn't do something I'd give it to someone else mm-hmm. as well so like the whole point is it's committee; everybody has to help
2: mm-hmm. exactly
1: yeah so exactly. I don't know when my fear of spiders went away as such or like my fear of snakes and stuff it
0: kind of do you think you still do you think you still actually have that fear a little bit but you've just grown to overcome it when you have to interact with maybe some of the animals that you're not particularly a fan of so is it a case that you still maybe feel a little bit or do you feel that you're just like yeah I'm over it now kind of thing or thing is I don't
1: think I ever had it
0: in the first place okay so it could be an influence of how your your family kind of Exactly. Like, oh, if they're afraid, I have to be afraid kind of thing.
1: Everybody mm-hmm. in my family is afraid of them. And mm-hmm. as I kind of grow- got older, I didn't mind it on the wall beside my bed, because I was like, what is it going to do to me? Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Like, I'm talking about small house spiders. Like, obviously, if there's a trance on the wall, I would have run, but we live in Ireland, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get and, some big like, spiders. Within, I've seen the, some. We did like eco explorers and animal ambassadors you never had to hold an animal you didn't like it was completely your choice if you didn't like the tarantula you didn't have to go near the tarantula like Mm -hmm. one of my housemates from last year she well two of my housemates from last year joined but one of them just can't stand the tarantula she just can't be near them so I was like okay you just put her as a right on the sheet that she doesn't want to do it for when you're like putting that job to people I think it was a lot of it is like the stigma of the trench is going to kill me. I'm going to die. That's it. Well, I mean that would be a massive thing. Yes. <laughs> I personally that would be would a worry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean... Would be a concern. <laughs> True.
2: It would be on the list uh, yeah. of concerns.
0: <laughs> yeah, of things that, that do not want to happen. So if it's a radioactive spider and it'll give me Spider-Man's powers, then I'd happily let it bite me, but
1: <laughs> See, <laughs> I actually I hold all of those. <laughs> One of my friends, I've, I've never seen Spider-Man. So one of my friends made me sit down and watch the opening sequence of where he gets bitten by the spider. Yeah. And it's the worst <laughs> spider in the world. Honestly, it's a mixture of about 10 different species of spider. Wow. You can see that straight away. You know that it's oh, yeah, a yeah Well,
0: like it's comic book created, so it's... none of it's real. But <laughs> <laughs> You can see that it's like
1: partially based on Asteo Totally, and like uh, black widow because they're the they're the known
0: venomous totally. spiders that size. Here's me but saying, "Yeah, like I know what I'm talking about." A total double Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. totally. exactly what I thought. when I thought straight away. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a, I, a classic. Double <laughs> <love, love, love, laughs> double Yeah, yeah, that one. That's the one. Instead uh, of black widow. We're <laughs> using you're that's, better that, <laughs> that's cool though that you like know just the, okay. I'd say the encyclopedia of your brain of all the animals because there's definitely been a few that you've said even so far I'm like what's that <laughs> and it's, it's really cool like it's really cool because like there's such I'm so
2: happy you mm. weren't over influenced by what you were subjected to obviously growing up in terms of you know your your family and friends' fear of um arachnids and invertebrates Mm. or your teacher coming in saying don't do zoology when quite clearly you were meant to do this Mm. like the excitement you can't see Cora's face when she talks about her subjects her her animals are so it's so exciting to watch like Mm -hmm. I said I learn so much every time I just talk to you what's the
1: name of that spider I need to google which one?
2: The both of them, obviously. There was two. Sorry. Well, one of them was
0: the Black Widow. I know that. Oh, yeah, much. I knew.
1: I knew Black that Black Widow. Yeah, you've probably heard them. You know Taylor Swift and what? the Red Mark. Black Widow. Taylor Swift. She mm-hmm. was in her song.
0: Oh, was it? See, my association yeah. with Black Widow is another comic book character called Black Widow. So
1: okay, <laughs> and yeah, that's her. That's
0: similar. her logo. Like it's the two triangles or the.
1: It's the little red pits. It's, it's kind of yeah. like
0: a yeah, timer. That's how you
1: identify one. Yeah. Oh, so they have a little red dot thing. Yeah, underneath their abdomen. So you kind like well sometimes they have it on their back like the top of their abdomen. But yeah. So
0: avoid them.
2: <laughs> and what's the other one? The big long Latin name that you just said perfectly?
1: Theotodonobilis. nobilis
2: The the, no- fall,
1: the noble false widow spider. Oh. It's the one you see oh. all over the news in the last year. I don't, oh that's where I don't, I've heard the name. I don't I don't watch
0: the news these days. Too much, too much to be watching. I have no idea I, what's going on in the world.
1: I was on Facebook two days ago and there was an article about a guy after being bitten by one. And I was like, typical. And it was on Unilad. So I was like, this is going to be the worst article in the world because they're usually extremely inaccurate and mm, extremely uninformed. painful to read yeah. because they call them poisonous. Okay, And they're not. They're venomous. There's only one species of poisonous spider in the world and they live in Brazil. So... And they,
2: what's the not. difference for our listeners between poisonous and venomous?
1: So poison and venom are the exact same thing. So it's okay. proteins that are made in the body. But this is a little saying, poison has to be ingested, but venom has to be injected. Okay. So if you swallow like a cup of venom, which don't, don't do it. But it, if you... If <laughs> well, you
0: Trump will probably come out and <laughs> you. you know what you need to do? You need to, get, you need to inject some venom. That's what you need to do. <laughs>
1: Unless you have like a a cut in your mouth or something or an access, a way for it to access the bloodstream, you're going to be fine. Like when Dr. Michel Degon, he's told this story many times, he's said it on the Blind Boy podcast as well. When he lived in Asia, he went out in the jungles with tribes at night. And one of their traditions was to drink cobra venom because they thought it would keep the (laughs) Pink <laughs> away from them so they wouldn't get bitten, mm-hmm. just like a tradition. And everybody was like, Are you crazy? Why would you drink that? Like, you wouldn't know if you'd have cut in your mouth. And he was like, Listen, if these guys with big spears tell you to drink the venom, you're going to drink the venom. <laughs> but he said, All that happens is your mouth gets a bit tingly, a bit numb for a few minutes, and then it goes away. Whereas if you were to drink poison, it's the molecules are really small, so it can like go through barriers, like your skin. So you're in pretty bad trouble. There's a, actually a meme with a frog that goes around, and I see it every now and again. And it's like, if you bite it and you die, it's poisonous. If it bites you and you die, it's venomous. Mm. So, no. every, I every day is a day. I got my science in again, Leah.
0: That's it. <laughs> Always get the science in. That's like, we like to educate people on this podcast as well. So, <laughs> that's amazing. But uh, back to kind of the, the zoology and stuff like that. Like, as Fee was saying, it's great that your kind of outer influences of maybe your family and stuff like that especially that hopefully that teacher is listening (laughs) but um uh her saying kind of putting a negative spin on zoology it's great to see that that didn't influence you or didn't deter you from even trying it because i think a, a big thing and maybe it's changed now since we were in school but there was definitely not much of a obviously there is a variety of courses to do out there but there's not much in the ways of trying to open your mind to it so it's yeah. great that zoology is something i don't know anybody that does zoology bar you now of course so it's great to if somebody's listening on here and they hear that you have done zoology and like we said we can see from from watching you now and just even hearing you i'm sure the people will hear that you're very passionate about it and you really love animals, and and that you've kind of learned to adjust to the fear that you've had of particular species of animals, and have now kind of overcome that to really love what you do. So and, that's, and you, that you've
2: gone outside the box as well, like yeah. Um, we've always talked about it on this podcast that oh uh you're good at baking so you could be a chef but there's other things that you could do as well like food production or f- mm-hmm. um modification or there's so many other things you can do and um I think it was a classic Irish school system of oh you like animals is the animal gal that's we'll go to the vet and Mm -hmm. like you said it wasn't for you I mean you understand and you appreciate and we all do a vet Mm -hmm. is a very hard job I think it's a vocation I think they don't get paid enough but Mm -hmm. they they're they're always on call and they're working hard but it wasn't for you and that's okay to say that Mm -hmm. and that you felt you know what I'm not going to do what people think I should do and I think Leah you're very good at that as well that um, Leah went down the road of games development and now she's creating content like they're related but she's doing what she wants to do mm-hmm. so just in a different angle like at a different
0: yeah. angle yeah different perspectives are everything so it must have been great like you said you were doing the biomedical stuff and decided to pick up zoology what did you say in your second year just to kind of see what it was like and then it kind of it completely steered you <laughs> in that direction yeah, and you're in your fourth year of it now. What is? Do you have kind of an, an idea or a goal in mind, on where you would like to go after after the college?
1: Um, absolutely. Great. Tell us about it. <laughs> right
2: in there. Not a bother Yeah. yeah. Tell us all um, about.
1: it So I learned quite quickly that I'm, as I said earlier, not very good at studying. So like in exams, I don't do as well as people expect me to because I just can't do them. Like I'm just not. An exam person, I can't go in and write a completely detailed essay on something completely random that I should have learned from lectures when the lecture slide was was one slide, and now I have to write five pages on it. So I went to find. He appears in the story so much, but like he's such a big influence on my life. I went to Michelle in the, at the start of third year in November because. I said to myself, "Okay, well, obviously I'm not going to get a one-one in this degree." I was being realistic with myself in the start, so I was like, "I went to him because I knew that he had a bit of a weird start into zoology. I didn't know exactly like what had happened, but I knew that he didn't start with science in the first place. That he'd been on quite a bumpy road." So I asked him, "What should I do to like make things better for myself?" Because I was kind of interested in in his research at the time but i think a big thing was just he brought the snake and that's really cool realistically in my mind at the time i was going to go around to each of the lectures and ask them about their work but that never happened so i came <laughs> and i was like how can i improve like myself going out into the workforce and he said just get practical experience because that's it's most important in psychology like you can learn as much as you want from lectures but if you go out into a field and you can't identify what a mouse is compared to a shrew what what use are you say to anybody in the field like that makes tough you're sense not going yet. to do it and he was like come back to me in february because that's when all the kind of internships and stuff open up so i back to me in february and he he's a bit forgetful at times but you know as to be he's an extremely busy man and he was like okay well you can do a fourth year project with me and I was like cool great thanks and he was like "Mm, what do you like and I was like well I really like herpetology so reptiles he was like okay so we spent about an hour looking into what kind of projects we could do and we landed on this place called Ross Lake in Galway his parents-in-law live out there so he said he was out there and he saw some lizards and it's never been studied so let's go out there and see if we can catch some lizards some frogs some amazing isn't it I was like yes yes I will take that completely (laughs) but they're protected animals in Ireland so I had to do at training, because I'd never seen an Irish lizard before. Like, I was like, we have lizards.
0: Not going to lie, I didn't even know we yes. had lizards. I wouldn't
1: have reason. We have two species of lizards. How many? In Ireland. Two? Yeah, with, yes. two. We have the common lizard and then we have the one in the burren, which is called a slow worm. It's a lizard, but it just has, like, no legs. It's, oh. like, adapting. But they're protected, so you can't, you can't do anything there. Mm-hmm. So he sent me for, well, he asked me to set up training with the herp, I can't say this word. Herpetological society of Ireland.
0: Wow, perfect. Good yeah. job. Better than how we would have pronounced it. Herpet- <laughs> no. it's,
1: it's only a small group, <laughs> but like he knows everybody on it because the reptile community, the professional reptile community in Ireland is really small. So like his PhD student, JP, was on the committee as trainer He knew he knows everybody on it. Like, so I had to contact this guy called Collie Ennis and funnily enough I had actually just found him a few months before I had switched on I think it was like the six o'clock show or something like that on the television randomly when I came home from college and there was this guy that has like a jungle in his house basically with tarantulas, frogs, he has a pond out his back for loads of Irish species, everything. I was like I'm following this guy on Instagram and Twitter and everything because this is just fascinating. And I was like, Okay, well, I'll text him. Like, I might as well try. Michelle's really busy all the time, so I was like, I'm gonna try and get in contact with him. And I had tweeted him before and he'd like replied, he's very active on Twitter. He's always tweeting about stuff, always replying to people like and he was like, Yeah, cool, so we'll do that. So in July then I went out serving on I can't remember the name, the island in Dublin. But it's like a protected area, even though it has golf course and stuff. And they regularly do surveys out there with lizards and frogs and everything. So he brought me around, saw a few lizards, found baby, baby frogs. Like they were, they were tiny. Yeah. And I was like, he was like, you think you, you know everything now? Bulls Island, that's what it's called. He was like, you think you got it? Like, if you need anything, just text me. I was like, absolutely no bother thank you so much for everything like this guy was tier nine like he was amazing to me and so then I was supposed to go out surveying in the month of June because each year I don't know what's happening this year but each year the college does summer camps called bio explorers where basically children come in they do zoology biochemistry and chemistry so I was left in charge of eco-explorer is part of it and then I also volunteer with the biochemistry people so I was doing that as well and I had Wednesday mornings off because that's when chemistry was coming in so we were supposed to go out every Wednesday morning we went out one Wednesday morning it was absolutely lashing rain we found three frogs no newts no lizards nothing so he was like it's okay this is just practice go home make up a table that you can write stuff on you know, make sure you have your proper gear. I left you some papers to read, all this. And I was like, thank you. Didn't happen again. Came back up. We, our schedules just were never working together. Like he couldn't do Wednesday morning. He was like, can you do Wednesday afternoon? And I'm like, no, I'm doing the summer camps. I can't miss it. Came up then the first week of August on a Friday. Now I had to go from Tipperary to Galway to grad serving to come back home again to Tipperary and something happened and he couldn't do it. So he sent Owen, the technical officer, to help me. Then something broke, other things, and Owen is the man, he fixes everything, he's magic. So he had to leave for a few hours. I was reading my papers and looking at the time. Owen came back, he was like, you ready? And I was like, my boss leaves in an hour. Mm. I have to go home. And he was like, "Um, okay, we'll do it another time. I went home, emailed Michelle. And he was like, I was like, I can't do this. I can't keep coming up every week. Um, I'm really sorry. And he was like, I was actually thinking the same, to be honest. And this new project is after popping up. Do you want to do it? And I was like, of course. So I love Michel's research. This was like top tier for me. It was Stéotter Nobilis. It was like everything that his lab is known for. My favourite thing is Venom. What Michel's lab does is looks at venom and its properties and how it can be used medicinally so <laughs> this this tied my whole life together like <laughs> chemistry find a cure for diabetes animals like <laughs> everything just came together I was like this is magic this is absolutely magic so I talked to Michelle about like what should I do from here I want to go into the same line as work as you She's like, cool. So he recommended a master's that was just starting um, doing a placement with his lab for a few months. And i was like, lovely. Master's is eight grand, so I don't know how soon I'll be able to do it because my sister is currently in sixth year, so she'll be going to college. And I don't want to do that to my parents. So in the future, hopefully do that master's. Hopefully then do a PhD, get into venom research and... See what I can do for the world. Very cool. That's okay. very cool.
2: No doubt that you will.
1: One
0: thing with your your story which I think is is great that is that these people that you kind of looked up to gave you the time to kind of encourage you and help you along the way which I think is is great. I think a big thing of how people succeed or kind of grow in their area that they want to is by learning from other people and people that they admire and stuff like that so I think it's um it's great that the people that you admired at the time or still admire gave you that time and give you just that experience that you That you clearly were thriving for, and that you that helped you kind of develop and get into into the zoology stuff more, which is amazing.
1: The thing is, is that with um, arachnology and herpetology, there's not many people actually in it now. There's not much to do with it in Ireland, but there is a lot at the same time. Mm -hmm. So whenever somebody comes in and they are really interested in it, everybody is so encouraging. Also, extreme lack. Of girls. Really? Extreme lack of girls. Okay. In like all of the lectures, all the all the people that I know that have been fairly successful in it are all men.
2: In fairness, you haven't mentioned any other true. Uh, female role models. Everyone likely has said they're a credit to themselves for how supportive they're being, especially to an undergraduate. I know I shouldn't be saying especially, but being in science, don't get the support they should get. They have some amazing, brilliant um, ideas and work there and they should be supported all the time. I think it's fantastic that someone like Michelle or um Collie. Collie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just you know, to get a reply to an email and sometimes in these STEM jobs is worth opening a bottle of wine for if <laughs> someone actually contacted you, let alone tweeted you or text you. That's amazing. So like, I think your tenacity should be applauded as well mm-hmm. that you were like, I'm gonna just drop a message. I mean what the worst that could happen? And he replied to you, which I think is fantastic. But I I can definitely see you being the, the Michels and the Collies of the future. I, I really do.
1: If you don't if you don't try, what are you gonna get? Like like I constantly text Collie now. Like when I found those spiders last week, I text him and I was like, Look what I found and I was like, Look at my enclosure that i made and he was like, I've only ever seen one woodlouse spider in my life. So please too. put them together and Like, if they do mate, can I have the babies? Like, I will literally text him all the time. I think I annoy him. I text (laughs) him so much. And, like, just for little things, like, look at, what's this beetle? And then he's like, I don't know, I think it's this one. And then I look it up and I came back to him and I was like, oh, it's actually closest to this one. And he was like, look at us being zoologists. And I was like, Because he doesn't actually have any zoology degree. He's a security guard at Trinity, but he's also a research assistant. He is just insanely clever and just knows everything about. I think it's a thing
2: you've really touched on as well, especially mm-hmm. with your analogy of the roller coaster. And we'll say some of the the supporters and mentors that you have may not have had direct roots of you know leave insert college study PhD and now I'm a an expert in spiders that sometimes having a genuine interest and passion for the subject is just as good. I think Leah will agree with me there. Totally, totally agree.
1: All people, Michel didn't, was actually invited to do a master's. He actually has a degree in linguistics. JP went to college in Maynooth as a mature student to do science and now he is doing his PhD and he's, he actually is an arachnophobe and here he is doing a PhD on spiders and he's the most educated person I know on statehood and nobility. He literally will know the thing inside out. It's crazy. He just, he has it all in his head. Like if I text him now and I'm like, how many counties is found it again? And he'll go 26. Like, <laughs> well, Cora, that's what we think yeah. about when we talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like
0: I could the- ask you anything about animals and you'd just be like, yeah, that's the turba-duba and the middle of <laughs> perfect pronunciation of whatever that animal was I understood uh, what you
2: <laughs> but yeah
0: like like we've said it already we can just as I said as well the listeners can probably hear just the passion and love you have for what you're studying and what you plan on doing in the future and as Fee said your tenacity as well as the people that have mentored you and stuff like your tenacity and your kind of ambition and your drive to learn more and not let the the fact that you said you're not super active academic be detrimental or kind of hold you back because I would be I would I would empathize with that I'm have no way been very good at being academic but when I learn things by doing them that's how I retain the information so it's great that you you didn't let that hold you back you went and tried to learn the way that you knew you could learn and I think that's a, a testament to you so well done (laughs) <laughs> but it's been it's fantastic been fantastic listening to you because like as I said I don't really know any other z- zoologists and I don't know how common it is and as you said it doesn't seem to be very common within females so or for females yes. to pursue it so I hope anyone that's listening that has ever had the thought of maybe zoologies for me is listening and kind of have taken maybe some inspiration and maybe the person that that's listening has kind of seen you how you've seen Michelle, Michelle, Michelle and stuff like that like there you could have some followers now you never know <laughs> I think so yeah so I think as uh, and I agree with Fee and I was going to say it as well I think you will become for other people what Michelle and is it Kali did you say have been for you and I think that that's fantastic and it's a testament to you and a big thing as we said about this podcast is kind of shining a light on different careers that females are in and I think zoology is just a sounds like such a fun <laughs>
2: a fun it career does,
0: yeah <laughs> that's Gosh, it lads I'm off, so I'm off to <laughs> feed the
2: animals <laughs> oh god I could listen to you all day Cora yeah. like it's very porn. it's
0: very it's fascinating really it is yeah so I guess we're actually kind of coming to the end of the podcast now and your journey, although still in very much in the early days. And that, I think that's great because if a lot of the guests that we've had so far have are kind of not that they're at the end, but they're kind mm-hmm. of in the middle or the the, the, the the chunk of their main career at the moment. Huge. So, yeah, exactly. Are, are closer to the peak than my maybe you are but like what's exciting about, yeah what's exciting about you i think is what your journey will develop and what become because it just at the moment like it's fantastic and it sounds like you've definitely found something that is your passion and you know that's something that is very rare for a lot of people i think is really? actually finding your 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 true passion of what you want to do what it is you want to do so that's Especially amazing Especially
2: when you were told not to do it now, mm. you
1: know like i didn't fight the system I'm- I get it it a lot about um, how literally the word is passionate. So this year, me, myself and one of my friends wanted to go back to our old school to do like a talk because obviously we live so far away. Was Was that teacher
2: in there? Was she in Uh, the (laughs) talk? Was your old biology teacher in there?
1: I wanted to do it I actually called actually it was last year I think it was she was on placement and I was in third year so I was like this is I've got more free time than I will next year that's a lie but anyway (laughs) I called the guidance counsellor and we tried to organise a meeting so my sister still goes to that school like she's finishing now but the guidance counsellor went up to my sister in one of their guidance counsellor classes and was like isn't Corey your sister because i mentioned that i still have a sister in sixth year and fear was like yeah she was like mm, she wants to come and do a talk at the school she's very passionate <laughs> <laughs> i don't know whether to take that as a compliment or not and then one of my one of the girls that's my housemate this year i actually never met her until this year but I was friends with her cousin and he's in my year he does biochemistry I think he does biochemistry either that or microbiology and he went up to her at the start of the year they were talking she was like I've moved in with your friends and he was like "I yes Cora like she loves her course doesn't she (laughs) that love their course but like Cora like loves her course and I was like (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> well,
0: we when we say passion, we mean it as a compliment. Yeah, it's a compliment. <laughs> so it's, it's, a compliment. A compliment. it's a compliment, and also. There are, I don't think there's probably many students of your age that contact their old school to want to educate their their students or just, like, give a talk to maybe influence their students.
1: I think that's amazing. Like, what? It's literally because of that teacher. Like, when I was in 60, they actually brought in... Um, so my junior search cycle teacher was invited to go on an excavation to the Glock Coast Islands, apparently. Mm-hmm. So they did get a new teacher, and this teacher did genetics but she was very into physical learning as well so she decided to bring in this like guy I don't know what he does but basically he has like animals and he brings them places for events and this this is what she wanted to do to teach her class about animals her class was really small and she only had one so it was handy for her and we were told we're not allowed to do that by the same zoology teacher that I had this year it's gotten bigger this guy's business has gotten bigger still zoology teacher didn't allow her students to do it because my sister is in her class but the other teacher still allows her students to do it because it's a good way mm-hmm. to learn, obviously mm-hmm. and my sister went to one of the sessions that she had and she sent me loads of pictures like they were allowed to take pictures we do the same at events you're allowed to take pictures we're just not allowed to take pictures of the people obviously mm-hmm. GDPR and all that and like my sister is arachnophobe as well she doesn't like animals she likes to pretend she does but she doesn't like it as much as she <laughs> she held the tarantula like she loved the snake and the crocodile and everything and I'm just like like her friends are constantly sending her pictures of spiders to send to me to <laughs> identify them Aww. like they love they love the animals and like the whole aspect of like she's really she gets annoyed sometimes because her <laughs> friends are like and your sister does this and she's like, yes. But I think
2: I think your whole idea of going around to to schools and to discuss what you do with them. I mean, when the day I visited with James from NUIG and we got to see some of the animals, it completely changed my perception of what mm-hmm. what biologist does and these animals. Now, okay, the centipede still haunts my dreams, but. <laughs> me and Lenny I mean we struck up a really solid friendship I felt and also that giant white yellowy snake and I touched it and I'd never ever experienced anything like that before and it's something that still stays with me like I really? did that, and I think like anyone trying to change the perception of themselves, these kind of animals probably need to change their perception of how, or we'll say how they're perceived by the general public. They're not there to kill you, or eat you, or nope. some some of them are, but not the ones that we are. <laughs> yeah exactly and you're doing incredibly important research like your stuff with the with the venom and and hopefully using it for medicinal or biomedical or biochemical purposes that's yeah. important information that the public need to know because technically it's the public's money mm-hmm. that is paying for everything in their taxes so <laughs> I don't I'm, I'm oh if I ever meet that teacher of yours I want to go it'll be it'll be like to you know in the paint club episode leo when I got really mad yeah yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we both got First mad thing. we both got mad in that episode but yeah so as I said we're, we're, we're kind of coming to the end of the podcast now and I think so Fee went and as she said her perception of a lot of the animals there was, was changed so I hope even just from listening to this episode that people's perception of zoology in general but also just the animals everyday animals that exist within Ireland's habitat as it were and I'm sure a lot of them are flourishing now because there aren't as many people I haven't out and about. Seen it. but it's just even just you've seen in actual places around the world where there's dolphins coming into marinas because there's less activity on boats there's you can see clearly in the Venice water now that there's fish and stuff like that so it's As much as the situation at the moment isn't ideal for humans, <laughs> at least animals are hopefully flourishing in the absence of less footfall from us humans at the moment. But yeah, as I said, I hope people from listening from this, this episode that people's perception of zoology and just different animals in general has been changed a little bit. If even just to be more curious and look into the stuff a bit more. But Cora, as literally
1: we- sorry, sorry it's literally fear of the unknown that's the only problem yeah with people is what i found and i've seen people from the ages of like two up to 60 come into our events and everybody is just terrified of what they don't, don't know. know
0: so if you don't know stuff go learn um, <laughs> or listen to cora or follow cora will, will get you to plug your social media and stuff at the moment so Are at the end, so follow Cora for all your. If you have any uh, spiders that need (laughs) identified, but at the end of the podcast, we like to do just kind of some fun, quick fire questions. So the first question is: three people dead or alive that you would like to have over for dinner.
1: I've actually thought about this question a lot, and I have two answers, but not a definite third one because. So I would obviously have David Attenborough. Um, love him. If you do follow me on Twitter, you will see that. My bio was literally a future David Attenborough, because <laughs> education. I believe um, it. Steve Irwin, obviously. All right, Amazing. And previously, I probably would have said someone like Charles Darwin, because obviously the origin of species. Mm-hmm. But for one of my exams, I had to read a book called Creatures of Accident, The Rise and Fall of the Animal Kingdom by a guy called Wallace Arthur, who was actually michelle's phd supervisor and i went to a talk by him in february i think it was and i was just astounded by his talk like it was so interesting and it was a mixture of like evolution biochemistry zoology everything in one and it probably sounds like i'm kissing up to michelle a little bit but obviously like his book i have another one in my amazon wish list that i'm gonna get for my birthday for myself (laughs) because it's like 60 something euro but Honestly, like it was, he just takes this to a different perspective. Like I never thought about the evolution of the complexity of animals until I read his book. Because everything is always about the diversity and what came from what and everything like that. And I he think was
2: just take four. You can have four at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah, we'll allow you to have four.
0: Is that okay, Liam? That's when okay. Have- That's okay. I'll allow the four people. We'll make
2: extra. Like, we'll make orchid. room. We'll make room. Oh my God, that would be a very, very interesting yeah. uh, conversation, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm afraid
1: what there'd be so many fights. What would you what eat?
2: I, no, I think, I think it'd be more debates. Debates.
1: Debates. That's what I mean. Debates. Yeah. What I eat, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they can all make their own dinner. <laughs> yeah.
0: They'll just not not. <laughs> Probably have a shot a uh, shot of venom there before they. <laughs> For the search. so okay next question what is your favorite quote or mantra that you live
1: i used to actually have one but this year something happened that i was quite upset about and my lovely boyfriend was there just happened to be there the night that i found out the news mm-hmm. and he said to me what's for you won't pass you so what happened was The college, between Michelle and another lecturer called Dr Colin Lawton, have done a collaboration with a university in Agadir in Morocco. And basically, 24th years get to go over for a trip and survey the desert and do some amazing stuff. And I wasn't picked, unfortunately. I was distraught. It made me rethink literally my whole life because that's exactly what I wanted Mm-hmm. To do and I'm, I had made friends with that uh, was teaching over there he came over during the summer and was at the summer camps and then it was meant to be happening two weeks ago obviously it didn't because <laughs> Corona. Are we
0: that so, whole thing corona, <laughs> corona ruining the life before
1: you won't pass you or you won't pass you yeah learned yep. a lot
0: yeah uh, that's a saying that I've I've uh, a lot of people have said to me as well and, uh, quite a frequent one I think for some people so um. yeah what's for you won't pass yeah and I think that's kind of evident in the fact that like you picking zoology and stuff like that in the middle of your degree was kind of probably a, a what's for you mo- won't pass you kind of moment so yeah it's a great saying okay so this is usually asked to s- slightly older guests <laughs> um, but knowing what you know now what would you say to yourself 10 years ago but 10 years ago you were only so maybe when you were in secondary school I was 12 12 12 sorry
1: so at that stage it was being a vet okay and then growing up to be told not to do zoology when I was 17 but what I'd say to myself is probably don't listen to the people who are going to tell you you can't do it because like I went into college like I can't do zoology I can't do zoology even though I loved it so much because I was told not to do it like well recommended like old, uh, yeah like don't listen to them if you if you like something do it like my mother my mother doesn't really like animals so when I decided that I was going to do zoology obviously she wasn't she wasn't unsupportive but she wasn't as supportive as she is like let's say now because obviously it's a scary thing to let your child do like I was listening to um your podcast this morning with Ashling the artist, mm-hmm. and how she was, like... She said her parents were so supportive to her, and everybody else told her not to do art. Like, don't listen to the other people. If you want to do it, do it. Like, people... Like, my aunt came over literally a few weeks ago before this whole thing began, and she was like, so, Zoology, you're going to be a zookeeper. Mm. And I was like, no. That's <laughs> not what Zoology people do. Do you know that way? Like, people don't don't understand they don't know so you just do what you want to do whatever makes you happiest Mm -hmm. no point listening to other people exactly
0: exact preach preach sister preach (laughs) uh so (laughs) (laughs) so one last thought before we sign off what would you say to someone that's teetering on the edge of a big decision or what life advice would you give to someone
1: talk to people obviously um depending on the big decision but like make sure you talk to people because when I was tutoring on the biochemistry zoology decision I was literally my head had gone to mush like I was so just like upset over it because I can't do zoology like that thing was literally just in my head but talking to people and kind of getting all sides of the story Mm -hmm. because you can't see them all like you you can't see everything so just talk to people consider all the options but as I said to the response to the last question do what makes you happy and what will make you the happiest in your life because literally there's no other point of life you need to be the happiest that you can be. Very, very philosophical, what? No, no, I was
0: just thinking, I was just thinking, like, at your age, I wasn't like, just do what makes you happy. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think maybe so. a little bit. <laughs> I think maybe a lot of people your age are probably more on the, leaning to the side of, not knowing what to do but I think it's brilliant that you are so, as I said, I'm going to say the word again and in a positive sense passionate about what it is that you do and I yeah. think it's brilliant that you have found what it is that you are passionate about and you're pursuing it and it's making you happy and may it continue to make you happy <laughs> and as you said what's for you won't pass you and I think it's, I, I think there's going to be a lot of doors will open to you as, as you progress through this career because of evidence of your tenacity and your your drive to get better and and educate yourself in, in the area of zoology so i think your future is very bright
1: thank you <laughs> yes
0: i hope so yeah i think i think so so where can people find you plug some of your social medias if you want to plug any kind of articles or anything
1: The only thing that I have is my Twitter. I set up a full professional Twitter and if you want to talk to me, it's at Cora, C-O-R-A, underscore Lambert, 98. And there you can find my FameLab videos if you're interested in learning more about spiders because I talk about them a lot and what was my one on before oh snake, bites. oh snake bites snake
2: yeah. bites that's a scary one but that's where oh. i first met cora and that was a scary time but as like i said i have since hung out with my very good friend cora and i've met all her um exotic animals and i am now on the way out to get a lizard <laughs> because oh. i'm a lizard gal I just feel like it. Because when I put up a picture or two on my social media of the snake, a lot of my friends were like, yeah, cool. If you only got a snake, classic. I mean, totally. I was like, really? That's what you think of me? But I'm kind of happy that's what they think about me now. I'm that cool. I'm a Cora if we could all be a just
0: personality a, trait at this stage yeah if we could all have a little bit of a Cora in our personalities <laughs> we'd be doing well so thank you so much Cora for coming on to our podcast and talking about no zoology problem. and your current journey you're in the middle of your journey on your career so thank you so much for taking the time out of your study thank you for having me we didn't take time from your study so yeah thank you so much Um, for being on the podcast so with that I will say goodbye to everyone until our next episode we will check you later Bye bye bye